We're live, Angie. Hello. How are you? Oh, lovely. Thanks for doing this. Of course. You were, uh, I don't want to say hesitant, but you thought this wasn't going to be fun? Um, well, I mean, I'm. if you're asking me about my profession, I mean, it's fun for me. I don't know how fun it is for everybody else. Sure, sure. I don't know. I think you being in the realm of therapy, it's of it's not talked about enough, for sure. Agreed. However, I think it's getting talked about more and more. No, it is. It is. If, if you had to get all my friends and all everyone I know together and put all their problems, like, you know, this percentage of problem from your friends is this, I'd say, like, the majority of it's probably mental health. <laughs> like, to not, like, in extreme cases, yeah. but yeah, people, people, like, people don't talk about it enough, like, for real. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I think it's something that needs to be talked about and people don't have a way to they don't they don't they can't ask questions of things they don't know kind of stuff agreed and people don't know how to talk about it deal with it vent with it things like that mm-hmm. that's why i brought you on we're going to talk about all things mental health Woo-hoo. <laughs> so if you go if you can go ahead and introduce yourself well my name's angela pomeranke um i'm a counselor or the other word you can use for counselor is therapist um I once had a supervisor said to not water down the counseling field because I'm a licensed professional counselor that we should not say therapist, but it's just what you do anyways. Does therapy have like a bad rap when you say? No, it's just that like I'm a licensed professional counselor and his just view was that we were, you would water down or just take away from the fact that like it's an honor to be a counselor. And so why? Anyways, I don't really understand. So he's saying (laughs) that don't take away from the from the street credit being a counselor compared to a therapist or but they're the same i mean it's an interchangeable word you do therapy but we're a counselor oh okay I, sure it's just i sure. think it's a verb it's like a it's a noun okay. i guess right to describe yeah no it is so. okay i didn't know if i should be like uh she's a counselor like, no. Or no, she's a therapist <laughs> no it's interchangeable <laughs> no but thanks for coming on this is uh, a lot of stuff a lot of questions uh first off for those that don't know can you explain the difference between, let's say, your line of work as a therapist or a counselor, yes. that compared to a psychiatrist and that of a, uh, what was the other one? A psychologist? Yeah, a psychologist. Yep. So I'm counselor slash therapist. Um, so ours is more of like sitting down one-on-one, um, meeting. Well, it depends. Again, there's all different, and we'll go into that later, all different types of therapy you can have to. Um but you're sitting down one-on-one having, um, working on what's going on in your life and processing. Um, psychologists mainly do testing um, and assessments. So if you think, oh, well, my child might have ADHD or I might have something, then you could go to them and they, I'm being very vague here. So please, no, if sure, you're a psychologist sure. or something, do not. <laughs> um, I'm not meaning to, uh, we're all very important, but theirs is primarily as testing. And they also do, there's therapy within that, but they're doing a lot of um, actual like sitting down, like, asking questions, paperwork, and then coding it afterwards to see if you fit certain diagnosis. And that's a... A psychologist. A psychologist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Obviously, then, there's many breakdowns within yes, that field. Yes. Um, and then there's psychiatrists. Um, they actually have their MD. They start off going to med school. And then at some point, they divide off and pick psychiatry so they can write your scripts. And um, So if you need medication, that's who you go see. Sure. Um, and then the, th- then the therapist. Um, the therapist. Um, we... 
that's us. That's a counselor. Same thing. And we sit and listen to what's going on with you and join you and figure out how to get you, again, depending on the type of therapy you're doing, to get you to your best version of yourself. Um, sure. But um, there's also social workers and coaches, too. Um, now, do, do social workers have the, the same level of degree that, that, that you do? Yep. They'll have their master's. I think maybe they can work with an undergrad, too, in different fields. But um, there's different, again... I'm not a social worker, so I don't know their full programming, but they will work from, um, they can be, I think, on the clinical side where they do similar therapeutic, sitting down, talking one-on-one with a client or groups, um, whereas they also can go the route of, like, what you think of a social worker, whether it's working for, like, CPS or something. Um, Okay. And then coaches are not licensed. They do not go through the same schooling. However, when you say coaches, do you mean like life coaches yep, and stuff yep. like that? Okay. Um, and so they, they're, I believe, starting programs for them so that they can have um, like more certification. Because a lot of people were just like hanging coach on their like wall and like having people come in. The name um, that doesn't really have much to it. Yeah. Um, however, I mean, I used a coaching service when I was opening my own practice, so I have nothing but positives to say. No, and sure, there's a lot sure. of a lot of counselors do not like coaches. I think because they don't have the same degree, and we've had to go to school for, you know, our masters and so forth. But um, I found great use when I was needing to be coached on, like, not being afraid to like, go out there and have my own business and so forth. Sure. So you do. You are a, you own your own. Is it? Would, mm-hmm. Do you call it a practice or is yep. it a? I call it practice. Okay. Yep. And then the people you work with, I call clients. Sure. So. Sure. What What got you into this realm? Um, well, uh, somewhat by accident, I guess. Um, because I don't have a clear picture. Well, I went to undergrad. Um, I went for music, and then I decided, um. I was bombing my music classes, and I was minoring in psych, and I was acing all my psych classes. So I figured, hmm, we may want to switch this around. Um, sure. And so then I ended up getting my undergrad in psychology. Um, no clue what I was going to do after that. Um, followed a friend to D.C., and um, I don't remember how I did this, but I remember looking at GW, George Washington's um, their programs and I decided to take two classes that were both in like psychology and in counseling Um, I did it really well and so then I enrolled in their community counseling program Um, and yeah so it just kind of snowballed from there and all the processes yeah that's that's pretty cool yeah (laughs) you said you did well in class I'm assuming you liked it at the same time oh yeah no sorry okay yeah you never said it (laughs) once you liked it well it's easy um, for me and so then I knew like that was your niche yeah one also I joke, like, I've said this to clients, too, is, like, I don't understand how I get paid to do what I do. I literally just get to, like, what we're doing now, I just get to sit, because I do everything on telehealth now, is, so it's very similar to what we're doing now, but I have a screen instead of your face. Um, I just get to sit and talk to people all day, and I get paid to do that, which I find to be amazing. (laughs) Good. No, that's really good. (laughs) I would say most of the time, it's probably amazing. There's probably some downsides, too, but I don't know. Is there downsides to it? Um, the paperwork and all therapists oh, and counselors yeah, will say that because th- we don't get into it to write notes and do billing and do the annoying paperwork side. Um, sure. We get into it to do one-on-one talking or grouped. Or I something. don't think there's many professions where people go into it because they're like, I love paperwork. <laughs> well, it might be there's people that like spreadsheets. There's a lot of people that are into I don't into know. If, if a person goes, in, or... goes into a job because they like spreadsheets, <laughs> I don't want to be friends with them because they're probably pretty weird. <laughs> no, everyone has their thing. No, it's cool how you you didn't really get into it 
from the get it kind of kind of just fell into it yeah I, I, I think it found me i guess um sure. i can't i mean i'm sure i had i mean i knew i liked psychology i guess but i don't everyone always <clears> asks me and I'm, I'm like i can't remember why like i needed to go to school i mean i moved to dc without i mean i worked as a nanny and as a bartender and put myself really? in grad school i didn't know you were a bartender <laughs> yeah no that's cool that's what's yep. up <laughs> yes were you are you from the dc area no i'm originally from ohio Oh, that explains everything. Yeah. You Ohio people. I'm not kidding. Some of the weirder people I've met in, in this life, they're either from Ohio, from Ohio. Where's the other weird state? I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to, I'm trying to call you guys out. Illinois, for sure. Illinois people are weird. So you're saying the Midwest. Anything east of the old Mississippi in the Midwest. Okay. Yeah. Above the Mason-Dixon, you're probably weird. Ohio yeah. especially, though. Good Lord. You're all right. We're just you're... different then. Different's a good way to put it. There you go. I don't know. No, that's that's cool. Are, are you gonna stay where you're at, or is there any any thought of you wanting to progress to the next level of being one or the other that we talked about? Uh, no. Um, so you kind of decide that when you go into your program. So um, I'm trying to keep the mic about a fistful away. You good? You can move it around if you need to. Um, but yeah, you decide that going in. Like I. There's no, like, you can't transition into anything else. I mean, you really? could go get your doctorate in counseling, or um, if I wanted to be, like, a professor or something, you could get your doctorate. Um, but you'd have to go back. You'd have to go to med school to be a psychiatrist. You'd have to go um, into, have an actual psychology master's and into doctorate for and you kind of, you'll, you'll have to know that once you start getting into, like, your third, fourth year of college or into your... Well, just like, when you st- pick your master's program. Oh, okay. Like okay. if you would go to med school okay. sure. or if you would go into psychology or if you would go into counseling. Sure. Um, but there's a lot. I mean, you can. So I work in private practice, but I didn't used to work in private practice. So I started out working in addictions and I worked as I started out working as a primary counselor in a um, addiction facility that was a live in. Um, was that like a inpatient uh, a county ran or a state ran? No, it was system. a private run system. Um, and then we also had outpatient, and I worked in both of those as just a primary counselor. Um, and then I moved my way up in there. Um, but the problem is, is when you move up, like in any field, a lot of times you get out of what you maybe went into love loving doing, and then you go into um, management. And that's what eventually Gross. happened to me. Yeah, I became, like, program director of the adolescent facilities for a couple of years. Then I became the mental health supervisor of all the programs. And so that's where you head. Like, there's nowhere else to go but is to sure. management. And so then I left and went into private practice because that's what I love doing is actually sitting down and doing therapy. Sure. And, like, managing other therapists. Now, when you started your own thing, were you like, I like talking to this age group more than that age group? Or what made you want to – so what, what section of – of being a counselor are you in as far as your your own business goes um so my own business i mainly see people i mean anywhere i've seen a couple teenagers but usually it's like 20 and up or something sure um i loved loved adolescence when i first started what age group is it considered um, at being an adolescent like, i think 13 14 up to 18 um and Ooh, i loved that's the, that's the weird yes. years yes that's the weird years <laughs> but i loved it so much and i loved adolescent boys because the girls had more issues, right, because there's a lot more hidden. The boys just, well, they would punch each other, and you could deal with it. You could sure. deal with it, and it, up front, all their issues would come out, <laughs> and you could deal with it easily. Um, where the girls, you know, they'd hide in their rooms. There's a lot of other mental health issues. There'd be cutting. There'd be eating disorders. There'd be all kinds of stuff, you know, packed in with what we were working on. Um, and the boys had that stuff, too, but it just is a little more... I don't know. For me, it was easier to communicate with them. Um, and I thought I'd always work in adolescence the older I've gotten. <laughs> 
maybe once my child gets adolescent, I'll re like understand adolescence, but I haven't worked with them in so long now that I am so out of touch because you needed to be listening to the music they were listening to. You needed to be up to date on pop culture. And oh, everything. sure. You need to, you need to be able to relate. Them. And that's how you build rapport with them. Sure. And I have zero of that knowledge now. <laughs> we're, we're old and domesticated. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've hit officially. Yeah. Late 30s. This is what happens. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 13 to 18. That was a weird time for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's weird for everybody because there's just so much changing as far as your body goes, as far as your mental state goes. It's like life experiences. You go from being able to do nothing for a week at a time to having a job full time, and now you got to be responsible in some cases. It's a. It was definitely a weird time for me. Probably some of the more enjoyable for sure, but some of the weirdest, yeah. weirdest. Yeah, I it, trying to relate to like people that age now. It's like you said, I'm just so out of touch. It's yeah. like. I'm into what I'm into, but, like, that's the same thing with the rest of my friends. Like, we're all around the same age-ish, and it's like, I can relate, but, yeah. You, yeah. you can't just be putting your finger in the water on that one. you got to be in the you pool. you be in it, yep. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh. And you don't want to go back to that realm, or are you just comfortable and you're, where you're at now is where you feel like you should stay at? I think this is where my... I'm going to go two different ways. It is where my talent is, I think. Um, sure. However, I have moments of um, where I miss being in the facilities. I miss um, the more intense, um, uh, where people are in more um, crisis, I guess, or just in the thick of things, where now I'm working with people that obviously are stable enough, they're home. I work a lot of, um, you know, just generalized anxiety or um, depression, but not severe. Um, and when you say severe, like severe to the point where they're not like on heavy meds? Yeah, or well, they're not suicidal. There's no suicidal ideation. There's sure. no, um, they're functioning. They're getting up and going to work. Okay, um, sure, sure. And maybe they're starting to fall, falter and they're struggling with that a little bit. Um, so I used to have times where I'm like, oh, is this not like enough impact? And then the reality is, is we all have... Um, wherever we're at, it's our issue. And so just because it's like Maslow's hierarchy, and if you've heard of it, like it's I've heard of it where we I've... hit, um, like if we don't have food and water, our biggest concerns are food and water and shelter. And then as we move up the next level and we're dealing with, I don't know what the levels, sorry, I'm really bad at, my professors would all hate me. I'm really bad at like What's memorizing. It What's it called? Maslow's the... hierarchy. M-A-S-L-O-W, I'm guessing. Right there, I pulled up. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, what are so it's safety is after, um, right there. Safety need, and then um, most of us are at like belongingness and love needs, um, or the next level. Um, but it's our psychological needs. So once our basic needs are met, our psychological needs um, are needing to be met. And so the reality is, is everyone. Is just as important. Their thing that they're going through is just important as the next. Because a lot of people will try to be like, well, I shouldn't feel this way because I have this great house. I have a husband. I have kids. So I shouldn't feel like this. Or my, my issue is not an issue. Well, your issue is an issue because of where you're at. Because <coughs> um, someone that has doesn't have food and water, water, they are not worrying about their prestige or feeling of accomplishment. No. right? No. But so their need is really important and it is a crisis to them. But just because you're not in that crisis doesn't mean yours isn't a crisis. Sure. It's like it's a crisis to your own self. Yeah. And so it's 
digesting that for myself, going from more intensive where these some of these kids come from, or, or even adults, like practical homelessness or didn't have, you know, proper parenting or there's abuse or whatever else going on and thinking that like, oh, that's where we have to make our impact. Well, we need to make impact at all levels of what people are going through. As far as your position goes and what as you do. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a there's a weird thing I've noticed in the last couple of years between like either it's like my friends or it's the inception of social media and it's kind of evolved into this thing where it's like I, I don't know. It's like I don't want to say it's like people are getting put on a pedestal for things they've went through, but it's like this weird thing where it's like I suffered more, so what I have to say means more <laughs> than what you have to say. Yeah. And I've noticed it and I don't like it and it's like everyone deals with things differently and they've like they've they've been through things that like I've gone through some different stuff that may be like the hardest thing I've ever done and you've done something that's like the hardest thing you've ever had to go through and like they could be vastly different or like yeah. yours wasn't a big deal in my eyes or like yeah. it's pain isn't comparable because everyone for sure one because we all also have different like resiliency levels too like I could go through the same say a tra- traumatic event as you go through and we're both kind of different responses to it and different one of us may have trouble sleeping or have trouble functioning relationships in the future where you may just continue on as if it didn't happen and have no memory of it um, and so we all process and digest our experiences differently and so therefore like our pains are not equal of just because you went through that doesn't mean that was worse than me just going through I don't know a breakup or something what what do you think shapes that in people for them to like if let's say me and you both witnessed the same thing in the same scenario that was something horrible or something mm-hmm. not good and then you know days weeks months years down the road what are those things that you see have happened in people's lives that allow them to cope with this differently or to to deal with this a certain way well it's twofold right i mean it's the it's both born like what you know what we inherit but it's also then our experiences they show that once you've experienced one trauma you're more likely to experience more traumas it's not that all of a sudden you're exposed to more traumas it's just that you're going to experience the future events as trauma because of you have lower threshold um what do you mean by lower threshold? Um, because you've already experienced a trauma. Um, it's like, so if we saw it's something. like weakened something, if you think about it, like, oh, like a board getting hit, sure, right? Each sure. time you hit it, it's going to get weakened. So it's going to be more more impactful each time. More impactful? Like mm-hmm. you're going to notice it and it's going to. Yeah, it's going to be, so it'll be longer. Um, it's going to leave more of a mark, I guess. Really? Um, so, I mean, but again, everyone's different. Different people have re- different um, resiliency levels. Um, there was a professor um, that I finished up some of my coursework at Marymount. He was studying resiliency. And so it's a whole study <laughs> of trying to figure out why some people, you know, two children born in the same family, maybe have abusive parents or something, and they come out differently. One is completely held back and struggles in life. The other one is able to succeed and move forward. Um, and so there's a lot of innate qualities, too, in people that they're born with that just maybe if they're an extrovert or an introvert or if they have. But there's also do you have support networks? Do you have people you're talking to about this stuff? Do you have healthy coping skills that are your own coping skills that you're dealing with um, so that you've taken care of yourself sure. in essence sure. is also going to make an impact of how you deal with it. That makes sense. No, it does. It does. I, I th- yeah, you can't just – like I've noticed – there's just so many things that are going to come into effect on that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, 
did your parents beat you? It's like, did you have an easy job going through high school? Did you have to grind it out for three years? And it's like, I think all these things take an effect on how you deal with stuff, for sure. Also stuff that you've seen or haven't seen, for sure. Well, you can't unknow what you know, right? Like once you've seen something, I was discussing with a a colleague slash friend, and we were talking about... um, like you said, like the Facebook thing, but in a different regard where now we are exposed to everything. You see, I mean, on my newsfeed, I constantly see all these like, this child is dying of this or this. So I can't unknow that this happens to children now or this happens to people. <laughs> and so it makes sense why everyone's anxiety is increased. Um, because when reading all these things or watching the news or, you know, we're exposing ourselves to all these possibilities, what might happen in our lives or could be and so there is an increased anxiety amongst all of the population you Um, think that's that's more as of now than it ever has been before yeah i think because again access to what we didn't know before when we like families didn't know what could happen or dangers then you don't fear it you don't worry about it you just live in the present but now we have all these things to be like oh this could happen to my kid or this you know Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I was, I was watching, looking at these old cigarette commercials, or not commercials, but advertisements mm-hmm. from like the 20s and 30s. Like, you know, uh, it wasn't, it was, what was it? Some old company, cigarette company was like, yeah, great for your health. And yep. I was like, yeah, we didn't know. <laughs> no. yep. People were just ripping three packs a day like it wasn't shit. Yep. And so now there's no fear. Yeah. And now it's like, you see a person smoking, you're like, ugh, that dude wants to die. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, we've never been more informed as a society, and mm-hmm. I think it, that's that's good and bad yep. for sure. So you can make informed choices and make sure you're doing the best you can for yourself. However, then yeah, when we have so much information in front of us, it gives us that much information to deal with. You can make informed choices, sure, but there's always going to be. I don't want to get all conspiratorial on you <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon, but. I mean, there's there's people that have certain agendas, and they want us to think we're making informed decisions. I'm not. Mm-hmm. This isn't for anything. This is on a, yeah. a very small scale on one end of the spectrum. But yeah, we're not. It's it's weird. I don't know. You got to look at. I mean, just look at the news. Like CNN compared to Fox, it's like those are the two guys. It's like they are bipolar. So it's like, yeah. pick your poison. Do you want to yeah. jump well, off a cliff or burn to death? <laughs> like I don't know. I could both. It sucks both ways. Well, that's actually. I mean, I actually teach like decision. Not teach. Sorry it's part of therapy with a lot of clients is making decisions. And it is a lot of times it's just pull off the band and make the decision, but it's trust like that you'll figure it out. Cause a lot of, um, I work a lot in anxiety and a lot of it is my belief on anxiety. It's fear and hope, which are introversions of one another of that. I'm either hopeful or fearful that something's going to happen in the future. And it could be happening tomorrow in the next hour. And so this idea is then when we start collecting all this information, then we can get paralyzed in making decisions because we're like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? So I usually use the catastrophe, which is not my most glamorous thing, but I'll be like, what if the world exploded tomorrow? All of this was for none. And so it is learning to like rip off the Band-Aid and sure. say like, okay, I'm just making this choice. It's the best I, the information I can do or giving ourselves timelines of when to make a choice. And then, but it's having to trust that like, you have figured it out till here, till now, you're going to figure it out then. And so you'll figure out the next step. Um, I mean, my own husband has used that against me <laughs> when buying an airplane. He's like, just trust. We'll figure it out financially. When it Jesus. Which I had to say touche. I mean, the reality was I had all these like, well, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? He's like, then we sell it. And I was like, oh yeah. 
but it's that example in like real life terms of like <laughs> we do paralyze ourselves and I get stuck there too where I don't want to make sure. decisions because I'm bringing in all the possibilities versus okay this is my choice and then I'll figure it out in sure the future I think I everybody to. everybody's does that or has done that in yep. the past yep and I'm guilty of it too for sure I used to overanalyze way too much stuff I'm okay. like <laughs> Well, if I give this guy 20 bucks, then if I'm driving home, my credit cards don't work, and now I need gas. And I just gave that dude, and it's like, now I, you know, who do I call? I can't call anybody. So I have yeah. money for a payphone. And it's like, oh, all these decisions. Or it's, yeah. Versus just do it. Just do <laughs> or it. Or yeah. Do yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. But that happens a lot of times, like people's careers. Um, people will be thinking about, right, to make a change or to do something. And in the amount of time they've been thinking, they could have already finished their degree or finish their certification. Oh, that's me 100%. Okay. Oh, that's me 110% for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I didn't know, like, I don't have my bachelor's. I have a couple of associates, but like, okay. but it's like, I'm like, I don't want to put in years of doing this because I may not like it after I'm done with what I'm doing now. Or I could just do it and always have that. And it's like, here we are, like, nine years of <laughs> floating this idea around. It's like, I still haven't done shit. Yep, and you could have accomplished it. Um, I could have. Yep. Yeah, it's disheartening. It's funny to talk about, but it sucks in the hindsight because it's like I got one ticket out here, and it's like I ain't getting younger. My hair ain't growing back any faster, so I don't know. But so it's figuring out how to use that. Like, hey, is that something I want to change or not? Like, do I want to make a choice that's different than what I've made the last nine years? And, like, um, I work with some clients, like, getting into action mode versus thought. A lot of times we just spend time. Right. Same idea is like just spinning ideas and thinking and, and, thinking, it and, and thinking about yeah, it versus being in action. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to do it. It's like take the steps, do the research or set out to do, um, I don't know, different pieces of the puzzle. Maybe so lay, lay yeah. the scenario out. So yep. you got a guy that is okay. anxious. Okay. Okay. Just kind of or just, just to, to piggyback off this. Okay. So the guy is super anxious and you just want him to make a decision, right? Is, okay. that what you, is that what you're saying? You just want him to... Well, I I mean, if he wants to make a decision, sorry. Um, if the client that I'm... Are you talking about, like, if I'm working with a client? And he, yeah. It's if he wants to make a decision. Like, if, if he's stuck. So, one of the main things in therapy... I'm going to go ahead and just say this. A good therapist <laughs> meets you um, where you are. And so, it's not my agenda that I'm putting on to you. Um, like, if a client comes in with addiction issues... I have to let go of that I want them to stop because it's not my life. It's not my body. It is that they have to want that. That's got to be hard. So, yeah. And so meeting them where they are, if they want to do harm reduction or if they want to quit altogether. But my goal is to help them figure out and see the truth of what's going on in their life and if they need a change. Usually if they've reached out to me, they know something's going wrong (laughs) and they need to make a change. So you're, you're not trying to be like, I don't like drugs. I don't like people that smoke meth. I'm yes. trying to get you to quit. Yeah. You're like, hey, here's a silver platter with all your bullshit on it. Yes, like, exactly. Do with this as you please. Yeah. Exactly. So that's your job at the end of the day. Yeah. Because the idea is that they, my belief is in the therapy that I subscribe to is that they have, they know that what's best for them. They know, People know their answers for themselves. It's just sometimes we need it all the you said all the bullshit needs to be cleared out when sure. they need to just have the facts laid in front of them instead of all of the disguised things they've told themselves. Oh, yeah. Are, oh, yeah. Right. All the lies we tell ourselves to keep doing the things that, we do, that we're doing that are hurting us and then oh, we're yeah. unhappy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do the same thing. Okay. I probably eat way too many croutons. I, I eat croutons <laughs> like I do chips. I'm like, they're not bad. It's just bread. <laughs> you look at the back and it's nothing but junk and sodium. And I'm like, yeah, that tastes good. But then a lot of times it's like, and part of it is then figuring out like, if that does that, is that something you want to change? 
I don't know. I, I work out like a terrorist. So I'm not really worried about what I put in my body. To a, cer- to a certain okay. extent, I am, but I don't know. We could probably talk about the... I don't drink, but if I did have a drink, oh, probably. Okay. <laughs> my, my employer doesn't know that I drink, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> I tell them every year I don't drink, so... Oh, okay. It's good to be live then, telling them that, just to... Yeah. I don't know. It's going to come back on me eventually. The shit we've said in the last three podcasts is... Is a little crazy, so it's, only it's good that we've ch- you've changed gears a little bit. This one seems very different than the previous. Yeah. We are sober in the middle of an afternoon at yeah. two o'clock it's, on yeah. a Sunday. Two o'clock Sunday. It's negative yes. thirty-eight degrees here in North Dakota. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want you to think that I wanted to bring you on just just because I needed to have someone legit. I think this is what yeah. you do is very interesting, and I don't get to talk to you about it enough because yeah. our kids are always running around like crazy, or I'm drinking too much beer with your husband, yeah. so. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. I uh, I like very interesting conversation. And the, the last three, they get a little wild. But, yeah. But I think stuff like this needs to happen more often. No, agreed. So if I'm, let's say, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling I'm feeling some sorts. I know something's not right. I'm beating myself up all the time. How do I know if I need to go to you or I need to go to a psychologist? Or what would be the steps for, for someone to take that? hasn't heard what we've already talked about and they want to seek help for their mental health? Um, you can start. Well, I would say the two places to start is psychiatrist and counselor slash therapist would be searching for that. Um, mainly because, again, unless it's something like, hey, I'm really struggling with, with attention issues or some other possible like diagnosis that um, I need to get tested for, and I don't know enough about psychologists, so I apologize, psychologists, that I don't really know <laughs> what all you test for. I keep going back to ADHD because I know that one for a fact. Um, but um, usually starting with psychiatrist, and um, because if you're like, okay, I'm feeling very, like, something's off or I'm having panic attacks or I'm just in my head all the time. Um, if you're up for medications, if that's what you're wanting, you're like, okay, I want the, this is not a negative as I say, but, um, I want the quick fix, which a lot of us do not have time to sit around and talk about our problems for an hour a week or something. Um, or the, and it's a lot slower moving, right. When we're doing therapy where medication is, well, it still can take a month to like add up in your system. Um, and they have to test out all the different meds. So I guess it's not as quick acting as like we like to think that we take a pill and then we're fixed. Um, but a lot of people don't want to do medication because there's always side effects with them as well. Sure. And so then, or psychiatrists will then refer you and say you should, the best treatment option always is both therapy and medication. Um, and so if, if you need it, you can do therapy alone, but usually they say if you're doing medication, you should do therapy with it. Um, have you ever heard someone saying yeah you should I, I'm, I'm gonna recommend you to get some therapy and instead of doing some sort of medication they say hey i want you to do some therapy and some physical fitness and a healthier lifestyle um it's becoming they're um let's see doctors are becoming more informed on that i believe or um informed like they don't know yeah we're willing to prescribe that i should say um willing to prescribe that like they weren't yeah <laughs> i'm not sure how to phrase um well, I think just in society-wise or culture-wise, I don't think it's been um, acknowledged enough how much our body has to do with our mind. And there's been more and more push for that. I think in other um, Western cultures, it has been, like yoga and meditation. For sure. Um, and now we're finally in Eastern culture, I think, really starting to embrace that idea that the mind-body is connected. And it's not a 
our mind isn't separate from our body. I mean, obviously it's connected, but <laughs> um, I think we tried to separate it, that there was no difference if you were out, if you went out um, and worked out or went out into nature or um, what the food that you ate, it made an impact. And now they're really starting to see scientifically how that works too. Sure, yeah, because um, me and you ran a half marathon together and I know yeah. that feeling afterwards, <laughs> we were both like, this is great. I don't give a shit about anything right now. Yeah. <laughs> you can't think about anything else when you're dying from yeah, exhaustion. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was uh, just that all the endorphins from that yeah. whole that whole run. Like, if you could put that in a pill and eat it every day, I'd, I'd do yeah. that for sure. Well, and that's what a lot of people, I think, drug addiction is, right? Is that um, they are essentially taking that that pill instead of the run or something. But some people don't. Or they say they don't, and I don't know if it's true, don't get the dopamine rush from exercise um, as much as other people do. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I don't think anyone's going to get it to the extent, like, that I do. Because if I don't, I get all cranky and weird, mm-hmm. and I get, like, moody. So I got to, like, I got to throw some weight around. I got to get a sweat yep. in. I got to get the heart rate up. Yep. For sure, it'll be different. But if someone says it's not at all, I want to see what their workouts are like because yeah. they're probably not doing much. They might not be going hard enough to do it. Because they say, I mean, there's proof that – aerobic exercises help with anxiety and depression. Um, but it's because of, I did a little tiny bit of research, but it's the blood flow um, is incre- like we're increasing blood circu- circulation to the brain, which therefore then is helping the various systems work more efficiently. That sure. will affect, you know, where we're getting um, anxiety from, like which I, I, our stress and our, um, and our fear, like um, in different parts of the brain. I won't go into that, but like, um, or where our motivation is. Like a lot of times we're more motivated after we work out. It's this like snowball effect. So it's not just happened to be like, oh, because I did one thing, there's actual brain chemistry that's happening oh, too yeah. that's increasing motivation um, more than just, I think we used to think it was separate somehow that there wasn't like, actual- A connection between the two? Yeah, like chemistry happening in the body. I mean, a lot of it- that, That's crazy to me. Well, one big thing is like, we talked about this the other night is um, probiotics and um, the idea of our gut health has this is like been more and more like being widely accepted. But again, in a lot of Western cultures, they've been eating fermented food forever um, in the idea that it helps. Um, but that are a lot of our like um, serotonin receptors and various receptors um, for what is called our mood chemicals, right? Sure. Um, are in our gut. And so, of course, what we're eating and how we're fueling ourselves, then that is affecting, again, the signals that the brain's getting. So it's not just the brain acting alone. They, I think they, the belief was all these, like, receptor sites for, like, our mood chemicals were in our brain, but they're actually also in our gut. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think I think we were talking about it when it was at your house, yep. about the kid yep. that was eating nothing but, like, uh, refined carbs yep. and like refined sugars and that's like all he would want to eat yep. and like his parents took him to therapists and they couldn't figure it out and he was like hyper aggressive his attitude was shitty all the time mm-hmm. and like all they did was like slowly switch his diet and it was like a full recovery like yep. it was cr- just crazy <laughs> and I'm like just based on the things you eat can have an effect on your on your gut health which yep. has an effect on everything else yep. and also exercise Exercise, yeah. exercise. I'm not smart enough to talk on the science on it, but yeah. <laughs> I know that I don't feel worse after a really good workout than I than I did before walking yeah. into it. Well, no, it, um, yeah, I don't. Scientifically, yeah, that's not my strong suit either. But it's getting people in motion um, so that they and they do feel better. Like clients will say they feel better if they're in movement. Um, but it's also about having the routines are really helpful and the rituals of working sure. out um, as well. Sure. Um, 
that's not just so because we need routines and rituals and that's where I would say like COVID like everyone being home that has disrupted a lot of my client load that's something we talk about a lot is they don't have routines where it's I mean maybe yeah it was nice at first they don't have a commute anymore to work they're working from home but now there's none of the normal rituals that they had that when, was you, like, when, you, when you say rituals can um, you explain that I mean Waking up, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, okay, sure. getting dressed, um, having your cup of coffee, and part of your commute, maybe you were thinking about certain things or working on something for work, but there was a, a difference between being at home and then going to work. And then when you got home, maybe you stopped at the gym and worked out, and then you, and all of a sudden things get blurred, and there's no timelines, there's no urgency for, I only have this many minutes to get ready or to do this. Um, so many people are like, not showering, <laughs> um, which I what? Did. How do you know this? Well, cause my clients like. <laughs> my, they tell you they're not showering? Yeah. Um, not a, we a, talk about anything. <laughs> I, for, to be honest, if I don't go to the gym and work out, I'll usually forget to shower afterwards. So, that's like my cue. Like I'll come <laughs> yep. home, I'm all sweaty. I'm like, I stink. Time to take a shower. I yep. smell like a. But if you don't have that cue, right, or you don't have to be at work and you're just sitting at your computer all day and you're going to be sure. wearing sweats and then also putting on sweats and then we get unmotivated by that. There's something about putting on our clothes that clicks in like, oh, yeah, it's time to work. It's time to be on. Um, but anyways, sidebar. <laughs> so let's say let's say I'm, I'm, I'm your client, right, and I got this issue that I'm – I'm trying to have you help me work with. Okay. What What are the checks and balances from your end that tell you what you should and shouldn't refer? Like, I know that there's, like, for a cop, he he's 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 has to follow the rule of law, right? And mm-hmm. he says, like, I don't care what my opinion is. This is the this is the this is the law. We have to follow it. Yeah. Granted, we see good and bad of that on both sides. But like, let's say you were. You know, soup on one super far end of the spectrum on whether it be like politics or like you're against like big pharma, like big pharma, which most of us are. Like, what are what are some checks and balances to make sure that you're not like you're, you're not telling clients something that's agenda based rather than fact based? Um, well, we have our code of ethics, um, and then we also have. I mean, a counselor should not be um, telling people what to do. Um, a lot of clients will be like, tell me what to do, tell me what to do. I can't. I'm just another human that has different ideas or ideas, sure. but I'm not an expert of your life. Um, I may know how to do counseling, but that's what I know how to do. I don't have an expertise to say that you should go you know, do certain things. We look at it as like, is that benefiting you? And a client say like, I've been watching too much news. That may be what's, I was like, hmm, sounds like that's not benefiting you. Maybe cut down on um, watching but, the news. But you can't come out and say that outright, can you? I mean. Like, hey, you're watching too much news. I mean, like, pointing it out, if they're talking about it, I'd be like, okay, would well, you think that that's maybe what's going on? Um, okay. Could you try, what if you tried not watching it? Would you think that would help? Um, so it's this, the idea is they could then say no, Um and you could go both ways with it. I mean, like, what if you watch the news more often? Do you think that help you be more informed? Because the idea is, like, something's not working. Your life is not working. So you need to change something up. Let's change something up. But, like, I had a – I still have it, I guess, a certification in um, health coaching as well. And that itself has tons of, like, guidelines. You cannot tell people to go take a supplement or well, go What is a health coach? Um, someone that helps essentially guide someone towards being healthier. Um 
as far as like mentally healthy or oh, like no, physically it was physical so okay. i did one in like so for like nutrition and exercise um to try and incorporate that into my counseling um thinking <laughs> i guess when i started doing i thought oh i will be able to tell people to like go take this um what i'll tell them is like there is research to show that like magnesium can help with anxiety if that's something you're interested check it out research it a little bit and see what you think um but i can't say oh magnesium would help you because um, everyone's different you know you can't say that yeah and i'm not a doctor i don't know what else sure. they're taking i have no idea what else is going you know physically yeah. what's going on they could, always, them. could they always come back and like because I could come back on you and they're like, well, I, I took yeah. way too much magnesium yeah. she told me to. And now I got the well, runs you, for yeah. six days. Yes. Like. <laughs> when you have to be careful, I mean, as counselors, too, is that, and it's letting our clients know, too, I've had clients would be like, well, you, you said this to me. And so I did that. Well, I didn't tell you to do that. But, okay, that's, we have to, I mean, because they, we hear what we hear, right, from someone. So if I make a suggestion, like, what if you tried this? They may hear it as, like, you told me to do this. And so it's something to address in counseling and so forth further to be like, okay. So it sounds like you heard me saying that. Um, Does that make we, you kind of restrict what you say a little bit to a certain – or can you just kind of get a certain vibe from well, people? Like, yeah, I, it, I should ask it like this because if I yeah. don't, they'll take – they'll perceive it like this yeah. and then I'll be – Yeah. Well, I – and I'm sure all counselors do this, right? You edit – not edit. Um, you curtail – and to yourself, to each client. So each client has a different need and they're coming in with something different with their own personalities, their own, where they're willing to go, um, what they're hoping to get out of therapy. And so you shift for each client. Um, Cause the main thing in, so main thing when you ask like, who should I call? Is that you don't have to settle with whoever you first meet. It is also the biggest thing that helps, it's proof like what helps the most is rapport with your therapist. I could say, oh, I'm an expert in cognitive behavioral therapy and I have this certification, this, but I have no, if I have no ability to build a rapport with you, it won't matter that I have all these letters and degrees behind me, you know, all these things behind my name and I have all these certifications. It won't matter if I don't have a rapport with you um, because it is that feeling like they can just say everything. They can be completely vulnerable in the session that they can trust that I'm really there for just fully there for them for sure. that time period. Um, I think that's probably one of the, the core baselines for mm-hmm. who I'd want to talk to is if I can build rapport. So I'm like, this dude talks like a douchebag and I don't like his face. Yeah. Like probably not going <laughs> to want to talk a lot to this guy. <laughs> but, but so very true. But so part of that then is I see, I've heard a lot of clients say like, oh yeah, that client, you know, but they stayed with their therapist. I didn't like them, but they'll stay for months. Um, Why is that? Because there is I think you feel like you have to, or that you're not, be, maybe you're not doing therapy right. Could or be that people are lazy. Yeah. I mean, cause it's, well, it's tough to call in the first place. It, true. Right. To make that call to say like, Hey, I'm hurting enough that I'm willing to, willing to reach out and say, something's going wrong with me what's that old cliche term admitting admitting there's a problem is the first, first step, step to recovery yes yeah <laughs> and so that takes a lot to admit that like it does. anything's going wrong with you um, yeah. so if you don't like your counselor get a second opinion yes but it's also tell the counselor i will ask clients a lot of times like hey is this working for you do you need me to do something different i had it was hard to stomach i mean i'm a human being but i had a client once say like hey like i feel like we haven't been doing any work like i feel like we've been very like surface and i want to dig deeper and however she said it so i had to 
sleep with it overnight. But it was so beneficial because then we went into the next therapy sessions in such a better, like, I shifted how I saw, you know, how I went into the session with her. And we really, she wanted to dig out some, like, history stuff with her childhood. And we just were able to go there. And I wouldn't have known that. That's what she needed or what she wanted. And if I can... It's setting aside our ego and be able to say, like, okay, this is about my client. It has nothing to do with me. And if she needs somebody, if I wasn't able to do that, it's about giving them to someone else. Um, sure. I think ego is a big thing on both sides. Oh, yeah. It's like this guy's <laughs> like, well, I got this cert. I'm educated. I went to this school. I yeah. know what's best. Or yeah. right, you got someone like me yeah. that's a stubborn old prick, and it's like, I know what's best for me. I don't, like, yeah, yeah. I think ego. Yeah. Can get, yeah. And so a lot of times it is trying to strip the ego down of both parties i think of so we don't get in the way of our clients um because the reality is a therapist i'm still a human being right (laughs) and so we have you know there's we we in school right we learn a lot about like counter transference and transference where we either can you explain those two it is where we take on our clients issues like if i if you're talking about something that i've gone through in my life and then i then want to give advice based on my experience or i hear it through my lens and like i'm so you're saying if like if i if i I have a problem sorry to interrupt if i have Mm -hmm. a problem and i'm telling it to you what that term is is that's that's how you're seeing the problem that i have with me is yeah well or did I make it even more confusing? Yeah, so it's it's just this idea that, like, I would take on your issue um, because I've had it before. Oh, okay, um, okay. Like, I'm seeing you like you're my dad or something. You've said something, I'm like, oh, God, you're just like my dad. And then I'm seeing you through this lens, and then it's triggering me. And so then I'm not able to see you as... Get the raw story. Yeah, just who you are and not judge you and just with no preconceived. All of a sudden, I could have preconceived notions about who you are. Um, And it goes both ways, is that a client can also, like, if I have qualities that remind you of your mom or something, could trigger things. And you can can use that in therapy, though. If you're honest about it and you talk about it, you can use their transference onto you. Um, But, yeah, it can get a little tricky. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be weird. I don't know. (laughs) If I were to talk to a therapist, I hope. Nothing against my mom. Shout out, mom. Don't be like my therapist if I ever have to have one. Because she's not here in the squirrel turd. God bless your heart, mom. Yeah. So. Sounds like you could talk about that in therapy. Oh, no. (laughs) All right. So if I was your client right now, what would be like, and I said I had mom issues, how would this conversation start off? Like, first time meeting me right now, Mm -hmm. I I seeked you out because I have issues with my mother. Like, what's the, like, do you have, like, uh, the standard, like, this is the first five questions I'm going to ask because they go down a certain road. No. So let's say, hey, hi, hey, Angie. I'm Brad. Nice yeah. to meet you. What brings you in today, Brad? Um, I got a weird relation. Uh, not weird, but I'm not sure if I like my mom all the time. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about what's going on with your mom and you. Uh, she lives out in the desert. She wears tinfoil around her head all the time, and she's a big conspiracy theorist. Okay. And so how does that impact you? It, it doesn't until she starts to text message me and then she just blows me up about stuff that's going on all the time. Okay. So it's stressing you out when she texts you or what's going on? It can stress me and my brother out sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Because you're... I, I'm, I'm worried about her mental health, I guess. Okay. So it's more your relationship is strained because you're concerned about her? I see what you're doing. This is good. Okay. Yeah. You just dig right into it. Okay. It's like... You can, yeah, you can start pulling it apart. Like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, None of this is true about my mom. Okay. (laughs) 
Good job role playing there. <laughs> no, that's weird. I felt uncomfortable really quick on that. <laughs> Ooh, hey, it worked. Uncomfortability brings change. If we stay oh, comfortable, we don't change. Yeah. Someone told me one time, like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think it was when I was in Georgia at my last job. We had to public speak a lot. And we're like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Hmm. Uh, it was good to live by for a while, but after a while, it's like, fuck this. I just want to be lazy for yeah. a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. God damn. But that's where change comes from. I, I always use the example of, like, if I'm not uncomfortable, there's no reason to change. So if, like, I'm sitting here with my legs crossed right now, and if it feels comfortable, I won't change it, like, simplistically, right? So if I'm going through my life and everything's going gloriously, like, there's no reason to change it. So that uncomfortability lets us know that, hey, I need to shift my leg. I want to uncross <laughs> it. I want to, like, shift my life. It's not feeling right. Oh, yeah. So what are what are some what are some things that so let's say someone doesn't want to talk to you or go to a psychiatrist or, mm-hmm. or talk to anyone about it at all? What are just some what are some commonalities that you've seen between patients that you're with now in your own practice or things that you've seen when you were in the uh, I don't want to say private institution, but uh, yeah, it was a what are, facility. Th- there's there's got to be some commonalities like that you've 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 seen like hey if they probably didn't do this they wouldn't be where they're at now as far as their mental state goes i don't want to say commonalities but there there's probably a handful of things that you've seen between people that are relatively the same yes so well uh, and if, i know you can't talk about specific cases with your clients cuz that with that, viol- that yeah. you fall under hipaa still on that yeah, yeah. okay um but i mean you can talk in generalizations but um there so a lot of people, so there's a biological part, right? So it's not like, oh, if you would have done this, you never would have had issues with anxiety or depression. Like biologically, your brain may just not make enough certain chemicals in order to protect you from. Um, I see a lot of people who do fine through their 20s and all of a sudden 30s hit and they're like, I need therapy. I'm like, okay, what's changed? Well, I got married. My job's gotten more stressful. I now have a kid. Like, oh, I have to take care of my aging parents. Okay, because stress explodes as we get older. And it's this need for more coping skills and self-care. And so often we don't take the time to take care of ourselves. Um, We put everybody else in front of us and we stretch ourselves thin. And people might see it as like, oh, being selfish. No, if I take that, it's the old phrase of put your um, oxygen mask on first, right? If I don't take care of myself, like go exercise, go do something by myself to like take care of me and get myself like aligned and calm or in a good I notice that with my child all the time like if I've been taking a space for myself he does throws a tantrum and I am not my most beautiful self but if I've taken time to exercise that day I know I've done things for myself or I have time for myself that day I have the the bandwidth to handle his tantrum and join with him and you know be a peaceful parent about it sure um but so it is the self-care piece is a big part. Um, and people preach it all the time, and I think people roll their eyes at these days in self-care. Um, but it is this – but you have to find your own thing. Everybody has their own stuff that gives them that sense of I'm not worried about anybody else but myself. This and is just for me. You're talking like their own self-care and what that means yeah. for that yes, individual. That, yep. Everyone's is different. Um, I was talking about a client. She had read – I get – oh, and P.S. I think I get as much or more from my clients than they get from me. <laughs> They're always, because they're reading stuff, they're working on themselves, and so then they give me little tidbits that then I share with future clients sure. and also use in my life. But I had a client was telling me she read something about, like, it is not self-care to go to the grocery store by yourself. It is not considered self-care to get your target run in without your kids. Like, 
that does not count. It oh. might be a luxury to get to go there by yourself, but that does not count as self-care. That's definitely self-care because <laughs> I like one of my one of my woosa things is to like cook and shop and prep food. Okay. Like, well, I'll, if that's I guess if you're going and that's part of your like tradition, but I think so many mothers are like that's their only freedom is like to finally get out there. Um, which I think was a different story when we had like before mask and COVID, you could have like a cup of coffee and you could you know stroll through and it was sure. maybe more no, relaxing. Yeah, sure. I didn't think about it like um, that. But it's, I think just that, I think that was the illustration of like, do things that are just for you. Because when I'm going to Target or, or, or the grocery store, I'm still getting stuff for my family. I'm still like thinking about others and what they need and how to get stuff for them. And so doing things that are for your enjoyment and your relaxation. Um, so, so not for my wife. Yes, not for your wife. <laughs> Dang. You jaded me because I used to love going to the grocery store. Now I'm worried about like, well, she may not like the way this tastes. Yeah. Like, But it's going for you. It's being a, But you enjoy cooking. And if you're staying focused on that, like I enjoy this process of being at the grocery store. I'm enjoying looking at all the products or looking at, you know, experimenting. Well, I like know. it. That's, yeah. I, I get something out of like finding shit on sale too. Yep. I'm like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. I know it's cheaper at this store. I got like certain stores <laughs> I go to to buy certain stuff. stuff. Just because I'm a cheap prick, so that's good. (laughs) If it works for you. But that goes into, like, I'm really big on, um, so one of the main, um, so wait, I need to come back. Um, First is, so you asked the question of, like, how how could that, like, preventative, I guess, is right, of how they, what could they be doing um, so that someone wouldn't need to come see me kind of thing? Sure, Um, yeah. Is, like, having having people to talk to, right? So that you don't have a therapist. However, I'm saying all these things, like you may end up, therapy could be great for everybody. As I'm trying to come up with these things, I'm like, because support to talk to other people, like we get supports from talking to other people. However, I have a lot of clients who are like, my friends are tired of hearing me. That's why I'm coming to you. Oh, for sure. <laughs> right, no. because so we might have these supports that are there, but like it's draining on others because our life is not all about them where you get an hour that it's all about you. Right. You Some don't people need that. Yeah. Where it's not about I don't have to work. They don't have to ask me questions about me. I'm not sharing about, oh, let me tell you about vent about my husband now or let me vent about this now. It's um, no, it's your time to just talk. And you don't. And there's also I have no. This sounds bad, but no investment in your choices because they don't affect me. And that should and that for if I was the one telling you that stuff, that would make me say things more freely or yeah because i have no it doesn't matter to me i'm not going home with you oh, or if true, you tell your true. spouse something a lot of times we need to we might need to edit something <laughs> or if you're telling your your friend right because that has an impact on them my behaviors have an impact if you if you want to change drinking or something that has no impact on my life because i don't see you outside of the session that only impacts those around you where other people in your life they may like have a strong opinion about it where your therapist doesn't have to have an opinion about it sure um, so that can always be, um, but so I was going to say is that, um, so some of my things that I work on with clients, and these are the things that if you can do these on your own, right, um, is looking a lot at like creating balance in our life, which is looking at all the areas of our life and make sure we have balance. So we look at our health, like, are we taking care of our health and what that means for you? Um, um, what is your environment that you live in, how you spend your time, um, what are your relationships? Are they healthy? Are they supportive? Um, spirituality is something we get into, and I can go into that in a second. Um, 
career and education, like are you happy with your career, are you motivated, et cetera, um, and then just the things that you like to do for fun and are you doing it. And balance, someone gave me a different word for balance and I can't remember it now, um, but balance does not mean like, oh, I've spent 10% in each area, which there wasn't 10 things, but anyways, percentage-wise, but, um, but that it's... Um, that, equals out. Yeah, where I, I spend some time here. I get some, you know, pieces from all the... It's just not always going to... Some days we might have to be at work for a really long shift. Sure. So we're not going to have time for all these things. But it's about it's about putting s- some effort into all these areas at different times. Um, but with that, it's, it's challenging. A lot of what I do, too, is challenging the way people think about things. Um, to, to try and get them out of their own narrative or yes. to yep. look at things objectively. Yep. And yeah, exactly. I, and that's, that's been a problem for me too. I know we're not talking about me, but like, I like to think yes, I'm pretty. Brad, that's uh, why you brought me on is so we can talk about you. Let's not. I'm a can of worms <laughs> you don't want to open. No. We could do a live therapy session. Oh, Jesus. Brought Wouldn't, to you by. My, my friends would love that. Now they have dirt on me then. No, yep. I'm, 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 a, I'm a Pandora's box. Yeah. Threw away the I do not on. believe in having live therapy. I hate, I will say this out loud, I hate Dr. Phil. I believe he's profited what? on people's problems. Yes, Listen, I him to be. I don't know if you ever heard of Bad Baby, but she's <laughs> she got famous because of him. You know the chick that was in there was like, no. catch me outside, how about that? You don't know who Bad Baby is? No, because I don't watch Dr. Oh Phil. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. But I believe he profited on people's issues. I guess people chose, and they know by going on it. You're looking her up. Let's see. So this is Bad Baby. No, I do not know her. Bad Baby, Dr. Phil. Okay. So this chick, for those of you that don't know, so there's tell this. Tell me about Turnabout Ranch. It's a program. I'm going to pause this real quick. So she doesn't like Dr. Phil, okay? And there's this now artist called Bad Bad Baby. And she became famous. Off Dr. Phil. Oh, okay. Well, so he has his so <coughs> benefit for and a it, person. And, it, and and he is furious that he made her famous. But now, <gasps> oh, really? oh yeah, yeah. Wa- like watch this. Yeah. It's pretty good. How did you do there? Fine. What was your favorite part of it? Chief. <laughs> yeah. You like the horse? Say, how did you think she did? I thought she did very well. I, I really saw a difference in the way that she no, we was get, acting. But I don't think this is it. She, she, she talks super ghetto. She's like, cash me off. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Not the full video. <laughs> cash me outside. You've never heard a bad baby. No. You, this is how. Un, this is why I cannot work without a lesson anymore. This is how out of touch I am. Oh, my God. I'm, here we go. First episode. Say the, the, the hoes are laughing? Yep. So the audience are a bunch of hoes? Yep. You want to work, work with adolescents? Yeah. Jeez. Catch me outside, how about that? Catch me outside, how about that? What is she famous for? This line right here. Oh, that's so it. This okay. ha- so the, she was famous for that line right there. That's okay. what made her famous. But what made her famous is this happened like. I don't know, like seven years ago, and someone made a meme out of it, okay. like four years later, and they found out who it was, and her just getting like put in this social media storm okay. just kind of made her Makes famous. Sense. Let me show you what her net worth is now, just because someone made a meme about her. Bad baby net worth. Yeah, she's worth around four mil now. Wow, all from a doctor. All so. from Doctor okay, Phil. Okay, so maybe Doctor Phil can really help people's <laughs> lives. He saves lives. 
No, he's sad. pissed that he made her famous. Yeah. He's like, ah, I shouldn't even hit her on. <laughs> so you don't I like shouldn't that. say that. I mean, I'm sure people benefit from him, and they probably did prior to. I just don't think it should be people's issues are their issues, and they should be able to be vulnerable and feel safe, and it shouldn't be profited upon. Um, but I guess if they choose it, that's of their choosing that they want to go on TV to deal with their issues. Um, I'd say there's like 15% good that comes from Dr. Phil. Yeah. Like 85% of it's like it's it's like 85% of it's Jerry Springer. Yeah. On a more more PG version, and then there are 15% is like maybe something real happened. Yeah, but I for guess sure. If people are watching it and they learn something from it, because I mean, there's a lot of self-help books out there that give examples, and I guess it's a live example of maybe if you're going through that, what you could do to help yourself. Um, so maybe I try to find the positive in things. <laughs> Good for you. I'm working on this one. I'm, 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 a, I'm a negative. I'm super negative all the time. <laughs> I'm honest. So you don't like doc. You so you don't like okay. Doctor Phil. We veered way off. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's okay. You, I appreciate that. I had to show you a bad baby was. Um, what were we talking about? about you said you, you did. because you said about we could have a live. Um, I could have a live therapy session with you, oh, and you no. said that would be too much. No, and that's so not happening. That's no. I said it's like Doctor Phil on. No, you don't want that. You don't want these issues. Yeah, but um, but you were saying about like it's challenging the way people think, and I said I'm very positive. Um, and so one thing I work on to be really positive is to be in gratitude. So I work a lot with clients of staying in gratitude of looking for what are positive things that are happening in your life? Um, I have an old saying, um, it's look for the red bird. It's not old, it's my saying, not an old saying, a saying. Yes, I'm old, okay. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. But I didn't think of it that long ago. <laughs> so maybe it's like six years old. Um, but look for the red bird and it, so it's about looking for the bright spots in our life. So there, it came out of, I was on a run and in Virginia, um, and that's where my practice actually is still based. But anyways, um, so I was going for a run in the winter or fall or whatever time where it's really grody outright when it's just dark and dreary. And um, along the path in Virginia, there's a lot of just like um, thistly bushes that are just kind of like all, you know, winding together and so forth. And um, they're all dark and it's all muddy and gross outright because it's maybe spring or end of winter. Um, and in Virginia, there's redbirds. Um, or cardinals. I call them redbirds. I don't know why. Oh, I was about to say. They're called uh, yeah, cardinals in Missouri. Yes, they're so. called cardinals. I like to call them redbirds. I don't know why. Um, but they'll just be amongst all these brush. And so I started thinking, I was like, wow. And I love them. Um, and I love watching nature is one thing. Um, brings me peace. Um, but is to see them like, oh, there are bright spots among. We could have the most cat- catastrophic life or things going on. There's always a redbird in there hiding. Uh, my husband once joked when we were going through some things, he was like, it might be the red bird that ate the red bird that ate the red bird, but I'll find a red bird. <laughs> no, that's a really good way to look at stuff, um, for sure. But it's trying to find that there's always, it's not, it's not, um, we're not denying that there is a bunch of blackness or difficult stuff happening. It's there. It is the bushes. It is the the muddy stuff. But there's always, and so whatever we give our energy to, that's what we experience. And so if I'm giving my energy to looking at that bright spot I'm going to see more and more bright spots but if I give my energy to all the muddy yucky like ugly stuff that's what I'm going to be experiencing more of because I'm going to be sitting in that um, versus sitting in the bright spot that's a hard thing to get out of though for some people I mean even for me it is sometimes it's just like so much negative shit going on all the time like you just can't Mm -hmm. like well that's kind of positive still don't care because I'm engulfed by 95% bad shit right now and like yeah I don't know 
But so it comes through. You have to acknowledge that that, all that bad shit is happening. But there's also – we have to – if I'm going to give that, I need to acknowledge that there are positives. And sometimes I break down – it may be the fact that you have a toothbrush. Just be happy that you have a toothbrush because I could not. You're not kidding. Yeah. (laughs) There's plenty of people that don't have them. I don't know. I've traveled a bunch in my life, and I've seen some – not good parts of the of the world okay. and like i've seen the slums and mm-hmm. i've seen people that you know don't have any limbs because yep. of a conflict that happened in their country in the 90s like i'm not like i'm very appreciative of everything i have but i think seeing stuff like that kind of opens yeah. your eyes up because yeah. when you're in this bubble of you know living in suburbia your entire life and then you go to the college t- two miles down the road and you haven't seen any horrible shit ever happen like and it's like i don't know it humbles you for it, sure but it helps it's that balance of like we talk, bring us back to what we talked about at the beginning the maslow's hierarchy is that it doesn't make my like muddy ugly bushes like any less than but it can remind us to look for that red bird when we see people that sure. are struggling more than us or have something that's what helps to remind us of the red bird but it's not to to look down upon that our issue isn't something. And so it's always acknowledging I'm going through something, but I also acknowledge like, oh wait, we've got all these beautiful things in our life too. How does it, how, how do you deal with that? Cause you probably get some people that have these problems that to you may seem minuscule and some that you're like, Jesus Christ, this guy's calling me. <laughs> like you get, I don't know. It'd, I think it'd be hard for me to gauge it and be like, I can't even relate to this guy, but you're not, I don't know if you're trying to relate to someone compared to like huge huge issue to very minuscule issue in your eyes so you, i think for you you probably gotta like recheck yourself constantly well it's it's empathy right that's what we tap into it's not sympathy i don't need to join with you it's empathy that i am willing to understand where you're at and willing to see where you're standing and understand that that's tough for you or um yeah and i have such people with such wide array of things going on that some stories you're just like wow, how did that happen <laughs> in yeah. your life? And you're still standing here. But I usually use that as being like, wow, you're so resilient. I can't believe you've gone through this. And this is where you are today. Look how much success you've had. And we focus on that. And then that you can grow from that. Um, versus if I if we focus on all the negatives, it's a lot harder to pull yourself out of the hole than it or like dig yourself out of a hole than it is to like build off the good stuff that's happening or your positive qualities that you have that have gotten you to where you are. Sure. Um, sure. You said you were going to come back to it and talking. You said oh, uh, the, the spiritual part. Oh, yeah. So that kind of goes on another part of like, again, if we have this helps, I guess it's preventative slash it's something we work on is this idea of spirituality or um, that I work on in my practice. Sorry, that I see as the whole person. Um, it does not have to be a religion or anything. It's I call it like your grounding point. It's what gives us um, a sense of. You can go into – I had a really awesome existential, like, uh, uh, conversation with my – with a client the other day, and it was great. And she was like, this is the most – this is the best session we've had. And um, she found it really beneficial because she was she's struggling with self-esteem. Um, I have a lot of clients that struggle with self-esteem, but usually under that is this lack of purpose. Um, and if we can figure out, like, purpose within, like, our spiritual beliefs. Um, and so some people, it's – it is if they are um, religious or something, it's pulling that in and being like, okay, so what are your beliefs about that? What do you really truly believe and embody about your beliefs? Or um, it's helping them find um, uh, their... Why are they here? Yeah, like why, yeah. Um, and sometimes I impart my beliefs. <laughs> um, 
just as like a like a well this is what I've come up with because I have very random um, beliefs that help me ground myself and make sense of the world and my space in it and like trying to explain to people it doesn't have to be you got to go read the bible or you have to become buddhist or you need to go read the quran like it's not that you have to go pick something to have be able to have grounding in your purpose and in your um and who you are and building self-worth it's just having an understanding of your present um and who you are but sure when you said you pulled like little random tidbits yeah Can you, can you dive into those? Uh, or is that, like, is that... Oh, yeah. No, like I'll use – so I have – one of the things that I struggled with, I had a client who uh, – so through my clients, I've had to build mine too, right? Like so I'll hear things that I, it makes me question like life or something of how people have gone through things. I had a client, she lost a baby at like 36 weeks or something, oh, right? Jesus one of those horrific, Christ. right? Those are those ones we were just like, oh, my God, okay, <laughs> I can do this for them. Like, I can be there for them because um, they went through it, not me. Um, but um, but it's also one of those things you can't unhear. So then when you're pregnant, you think of these things, right? Um, so it is um, – what I got from that was – she was struggling because she was she's Catholic and very her family's very religious. Was people would tell her, "Oh, God had a reason," or he wanted the you know have these plan, yeah or something. And she's like, "Uh, that crosses my like really he wanted my baby and wanted to, you know." Um, and so we talked through it, and one of them for me was just that life is just random, and we came up with that together trying to find a way of like where do you put this? Sure. Um, and she, that, she admitted to that being devout Catholic. Mm-hmm, yeah. She was, really? uh, yeah, and so it was struggle because it didn't fit for her. Like, where does she goes put against this? The, yeah, goes and against so, the religion. Um, and so she, it worked for it to like this is random. Like random stuff just happens. There's not an explanation. We don't have to explain why God wanted her baby or her for it to feel okay. And then because she couldn't forgive God, you know, like so we'll go into spiritual things. Um, but just trying to find for me then I have extrapolated that I guess and use that on the level that things are random for me that like things just happen and it's how I cope with it or what happens next that there's not um there isn't a reason why everything's happening to me there's no puppet master up, yeah. upstairs and that's, pulling on but the strings. that's mine but I also do believe that there's like a higher power and that comes from trees which is really so my emblem for whole health counseling is a tree because trees are my grounding point because I can't breathe without a tree. What kind of and, tree is it? Any, uh, I don't know. Something my friend drew it. Well, there's certain <laughs> trees that are well, well, way more rooted than others. Well, it's not about rooting. It is the fact that I can't breathe without a tree or oh. without. Right. And so clearly there's something bigger than me. I'm very small in this earth and in this, this, the scheme of things. Um, and so if I can't breathe without a tree, there's clearly a much bigger thing going on than me. And so that I can't know everything. I can't know maybe even what my purpose is. I can't know even what maybe tomorrow is the right thing for me to be doing. All I can do is what I'm doing in my present um, and being active and being the best person I can be and acting within my values and acting how I feel, what makes me feel good in the moment. Sure. Um, and then I'll figure out tomorrow because, again – like, I can't know what tomorrow's going to bring or whatever. I can't even breathe without a tree, right? Like, true. And no, so it's, true. like, simplifying. Um, but so sometimes, like, helping people find their grounding. That's mine. Um, and I make up other random, like, beliefs at different times. At one point it was, like, people die because trees get cut down <laughs> because there's not <laughs> enough oxygen. But, it, like, I was like, yeah, that works for me. That helps give me. I mean, 
I think that's what I mean. Like Christianity, reading the Bible, right? It gives you answers for why things happen. And so if I gives you some pretty wild answers sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. But if I don't have that, if that's not my religious belief, right? Or if that's not somebody's religious belief, like you need, like we all, I think, are craving answers. Um, I think everybody is. Yeah. Like I'm craving them. Yeah. Super hard. Are you religious? Generally uh, asking. No, I was raised Christian. Um, Same. But so, which is nice because then I, I think. Again, perp- I think I've used that as a great thing and purpose of my life. It's because then I can relate to clients that do have that, um, that are still Christian or involved in their religion because I know enough and went to enough Bible school, enough, you know, sure. read enough the Bible to like be like, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about in that parable or something. Was there was there a certain denomination of that of christian like southern baptism or was it uh, um denominational well i was raised methodist but we had a brethren pastor is what i was told so you had a brethren i think brethren pastor in a methodist church i think that's right i've Um, never i'm not i'm not familiar with the the old methodists yeah and they have all different i don't know um i don't know enough about that component of it um I don't know if this is something you'd want to answer, but what got you what got you away from it? Actually, I can remember the exact moment. I was very, very religious in college, um, like read the Bible every night um, type thing. And I was reading, um, it had to be junior year of college because I was in uh, my house that I lived with all my girlfriends. And I was laying in my bed. Um, I was reading the Bible and I'd read something about um, prophets. And then I literally had my abnormal psych book opened up um, and was reading about schizophrenia. And I was like, holy hell, prophets are just schizophrenics. I was like, we would just, right now, we would just put them in a hospital bed. And so I had this, like, pulling of, like, these very different, like, scientific and, like, medical verses. Oh, these people have brilliant ideas. And I'm like, we would lock them up now, <laughs> like, really? in a psych institute and medicate them if they were saying the things that I was reading. And at that moment, I closed it and never reopened the Bible again. Really? Yeah. Because you thought that the prophets they're talking about in the in the Bible were... were schizophrenic. What if I told you it wasn't <laughs> schizophrenia? And what if I told you it was more than likely psychedelics and hallucinogenic drugs? Well, I'm going to go with that. That's fine then. Because <laughs> actually a lot of times people, I will say, like that don't have mental health stuff, they may already have a genetic predisposition and they mess around with psychedelics or mess around with certain drugs and it can then push Take it them. Off. It yeah. ticks off their yeah. mental health like issues. There's, there's people that will smoke weed for the first time and it'll induce, it'll induce schizophrenia. Yep. No, it'll induce psychosis. So, yep. yep. And it's like... That terrifies me. So if you want to smoke weed, smoke weed. Just know you might go crazy and never come back. <laughs> I like your PSA there. No. Um, That's crazy that yeah. you had those two open and you're like, yep, we're talking about crazy people. Yeah. I'm shutting that forever. Yeah. And no, I don't, I mean, I guess I just chose that. I don't know. At that point, I had declared that I, I had switched over to psychology as my full-time major too. So I thought, yeah, it was just a clear... Um, but I still, like, obviously, like, I still have beliefs in spirituality because um, there was one time I was, like, laying in my bed, I don't know, a few years ago, and I was talking to the ceiling. So I was like, well, you clearly believe so- something's still up there. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't, like, you're I did so, not forget my roots. Sober, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay. like, I have not forgotten my roots because I, I was praying. <laughs> clearly, I was praying, and I was like, okay, well, I do believe there's a higher power still. Um, something's out there. We just don't know what no, it, it is. is. That's my. Sure. Um, but I have to – we – again, I'm a human person going into my counseling sessions, but I can't – my job is not to put my beliefs on them, but my job is to help them find theirs. And I think me finding mine helps me to sit more with people that are struggling to find their sure. their grounding point. Sure. Um, 
Have you ever had someone come across your table where you're like, get the fuck out of here? Like, I got nothing for this guy. Like, this guy is batshit crazy, or this guy is, is beyond repair. Mm, I wouldn't say that. Uh... Not that he's beyond repair or something. I might say this is not my expertise or I don't have the skill sets to help this person. I'm trying to think of if, if you I could. Yeah, that. I shouldn't have said it like that. Have you ever, I don't know if you can say this. Cause in the, I mean, you don't have to obviously name anybody out, but if you if you don't need can okay. answer this. If you ever had someone where you've like, they have said issue, like this mm-hmm. is their issue and yep. you've tried every route to get them to figure that issue out, but it's like the same cycle over and over it's like they have it they have it and all of a sudden it's like nope back to the old ways and they're just back in this repeating cycle of whatever their problem is yeah um i mean that is addiction so and i worked in addiction for a long time so when we say addiction we're not talking um substances um i'm not even talking about substances we're talking about let's say like certain mental states where it's like they they're like they'll be happy 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 and it's all of a sudden they think about this one thing or something triggers and they're like back to being depressed or back to self-hating whatever whatever yeah, it may be um, i don't think so i mean but i will say like depression and stuff they work it's cyclical a lot of people will have like they'll be stable for a while and then they'll cycle or bipolar is a cycle um but i mean i've had clients that mutually decided maybe we're not a good fit or they don't come back because we weren't a good fit or i've tried to i've referred some people i did have one client a long time ago yeah i referred her out i got her into like inpatient and then after that she started seeing someone else because she had so much trauma and i'm not a trauma expert that is not my um, expertise um and her trauma was it was very i mean it was it needed it needed treatment um, and then she would become suicidal and, Jesus. Um, yeah, I was really, so it was too much for me. I wasn't like my heart part is, is that I get so connected. Like I want to help her. I want to, and we have to set aside again, our ego, like I am not her best. Like we had a good rapport. So it's hard then too, because then if they feel rejected that, because I want to keep working with them, but I don't have the skill sets. That's not what my background sure. is. That's not my, and so that can be hard to be like. Hey, like I care about you and your well-being. That's why I want you to go somewhere else. Yeah, right tool for the job, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You said most of your clientele are mid-aged adults, yeah. married, family, normal. Um, I mean, I some twenties that aren't married. I get I get a lot of single women, um, which again. So I also use this, and it's my life experiences. Is that like I wouldn't necessarily choose my the life path that I went through through my various experiences, but they all aid me and help me be a better like therapist. And I try to use that with clients too. Like we would never go back and probably want to relive some of the things you've lived or gone through the things you've gone through. However, they make us who we are today. And if we go back, it's like that butterfly effect movie, right? You go back and you change one thing, it could change everything in your life Um, because if something didn't happen we may not have met this person that led us to this that may have led us to something else and some realization about ourselves. sure Um, and so um, I forgot what I was saying with that but as um, but as using like I'll use my um, my experiences I guess sometimes to help remind that i guess of clients that we go through things to to get where we are but where were we i just lost my train of thought brad no i was i was i was was too hard into what you were saying i lost where it was at too anyway sorry people Uh, (laughs) we're getting old yeah well and i also (laughs) i'll say too is i usually just get to listen religion oh yeah yeah. were we talking about religion is that where we were yeah yeah 
You told me the day you didn't. You, the day no, you, but then we moved past that, right? Did we? Um, I don't know. Higher power. Something's there. We're unfamiliar. We're, we're unsure what it is. Yep. Do you think there's aliens out there? I'm getting to the good stuff right at the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer that. I don't, want I to. don't know. You don't know? No. It's not something I've put a lot of thought into, so I am not sure. Mm-hmm. You thought I wasn't going to hit you with any conspiratorial <laughs> stuff on this. You were, the le- you were the legit one. You were the chosen one to make this <laughs> a good podcast. Some. No. So. Well, you get that honestly from your mother, I hear, though. Hey, my mom's a saint. That's what, hey, you brought she's you a patriot. She's a patriot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hey, so big takeaways from today for, yes. for all things mental health. Yes. Sorry Let's we got I, distracted and we probably missed somewhere we were going, but anyways. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> so just I'm gonna take these down for myself yep. as well. Big takeaways okay. from today. Have a routine or a ritual. Yeah. I need you to agree. Just I so. agree. Oh yeah, sorry, okay. I was nodding. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> Have a routine or a ritual, not a satanic ritual, just normal rituals and things you do during the day. Not things that you sacrifice around a pentagram. Just to get that out of the way, because there's... I don't know if you've seen my album art. Yes. Okay, just to be clear <laughs> with my listeners, because they can go either way when you say stuff like that, and you don't you don't pinpoint what you're really trying to say. Have a ritual. Have mm-hmm. a have a routine down. Mm-hmm. Good, I want to say social network. Mm-hmm. A friend, group of friends, someone to talk to, vent to. Support system. Support system, that's what I was going for. Mm-hmm. What if... What if that support system, though, you're burning them out? Because we kind of talked about that. I yep. don't think we didn't. I wanted to ask you about that, but yep. I'm pretty dumb and got sidetracked. That's okay. Like some people are going to burn their support system out, and that's probably one of the legs that falls under and what leads them to you because their mm-hmm. friends stop listening to them anymore. Yep. I, ha- I have some of those friends, or I, w- I don't want to say friends. We'll say coworkers, and it's just like the same shit all the time, all the time, yep. same shit. And so some- referring them to someone is not a bad idea. However, in the world you work in, it may not be a good idea. That's what I'm saying. Yep. I don't know. It's hard for me to do it. At some point, I'm just like, don't give a fuck. Figure it out. Yep. Like, sink or swim, dude. Yep. Like, Well, that's where I think that's a lot of people's empathy. They get drained, right? And so a therapist is a great place where that's our job is to be empathetic towards you, right? Where other people have so much other crap going on in their life. They, don't, they can't take on your stuff, too. Yeah. And a lot of yeah. people jump to they want to problem solve. They want to fix it for you. If I start, I mean, giving them answers, they're, they're not going to want to keep seeing a therapist either because everyone just gives us answers all the time. Like, well, do this, do this. Well, no. Like, why don't you figure out what's going on so that you can fix it? Sure. Um, no, sure. And so. So having that. that uh, so everyone should just come to therapy is what the end. That is the takeaway. Is everyone should just go to therapy. <laughs> everyone should. But here's the things to do if you don't want to. Do, yes. Or some preventative maintenance. Because yeah. while you love your job, it would be great if there was no such thing as therapy in this world. If I'm cr- mm, In the sense that no, no one. N- no. What I'm trying to say <laughs> is that in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to talk about this kind of stuff because everything's perfect. Yeah. Well, because everything would be perfect. Yeah. But then we wouldn't be able to appreciate the perfection because if we don't have the bad, we can't appreciate the good. Oh, Jesus. So, That's deep. Yeah. That's deep. A little yang and yang for you. Oh, man. <laughs> so, preventive maintenance. Exercise. Exercise. And if, if you feel like after a workout it's not enough or you feel the same, it's because you're not doing enough. <laughs> like... That's what Brad says. You're not doing enough. But you also might not be doing the appropriate exercise for you. Some sure. people need like yoga. Some people need running. Some people yes. need high. Yes, and I yep. forget. That's that's. I know we're trying to wrap this yeah. up, but 
that's a thing that I had to do because I went from like in my young 20s, mid 20s, like lifting super heavy, like way more than I should, taking mm-hmm. pre-workouts, taking proteins and testosterone boosters. Ooh, yeah. and like Not good things for your mental health. Not good things for your <laughs> mental health. Like I took it. Oh, yeah. I took a testosterone booster when I was like 24. Ooh. Yeah, like I got. Sorry, that was a judgmental evaluation. I of was that. twenty four. Sounds Listen, like that maybe not have been your best choice no, in your life. No, <laughs> no, hell no. I was stupid. I was like, oh, GNC. What can I do to get big? They're yep. like, here's protein. Here's TS. Here's t- test boost. Here's pre workout. Take these. Get yeah. big. And I was like, hell yeah, brother. Yep. <laughs> I'm like trash from Missouri. I didn't know any better, you know. <laughs> so I was just like mouthfulling all this stuff in. And I just noticed like I get real snappy. Yep. Like, I'm like, hey, no, shut up. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, yep. stop the test booster. I was like, oh, that's better. Well, anyways, I figured out that after I had two tears in my L3 and L4, that lifting really heavy and lifting with the not right form was not the best thing for me yeah, or my yes. body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after that, I had to see a specialist, and I started. That's when I got into long distance running. Okay. I say long distance. Most I've done is a half marathon, full disclosure. That but, is long distance. <laughs> but more, less heavy weight. Yeah. more high intensity cardio stuff like that and that worked out better for me like after a five to seven mile run like i feel great i felt good after some lifting some weights but my body was hurting for the <laughs> next five days so yeah. exercise do it if you're unsure hit me up if you're unsure google different ways to work out different types of workouts whether that be weight training yoga like you said just going yeah. for a hike going for a walk yes. get out in nature get out in nature for sure i, run, I love running in the woods 100 yep. percent. so Exercise, good social circle. What was mm-hmm. the what, no? What's the term? Uh, self care or support system. Support system. Yeah. Support system. Exercise. Self care. Self care, and for for different people, that's going to mean something different mm-hmm. for everybody else. So my self care is different than than your self care. Yep. So find out what that is. Mm-hmm. What was the last thing? Um, don't go on Dr. Phil. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Or Jerry Springer. If you got a problem, don't hit the 1-800. Call Jerry. Yeah. Call your local. Go on Psychology Today and look up a therapist. Is that is that like the Google for psychologists? Um, yeah. It's the one, I mean, it's the one I'm on, but it's the one I like. I'll send clients to it to look for, you can look for a psychiatrist, you can look for therapists, you can um, search um uh, by like what's what's going on with you, what your insurance is, um, and so forth. Sure. Do you see more guys or girls that, that, that seek out uh, therapy? Uh, more women, but really? more men are starting. I mean, it's getting. Um, I was just reading to wind up. Um, I was just reading an article because of telehealth um, therapy. More and more people are actually engaging because there's less stigma. You're not sitting in a waiting room. You're not, you know, having, you can just access it from the privacy of your own home. No one knows you're going to therapy. It's just like you're still working from home. And I think that's opening doors for more people and for, um, and as people talk more and more that it's normal, like one thing I always tell my clients, I'm like, I joke with them. I'm like, I'm not saying that I'm normal, but I felt that same way. Or when they say certain things, I'll be like, yep, been there, done that, said that. It's this idea of normalizing it. And it's helped me, like myself too, hearing all my clients' stuff because I'm like, oh, okay, tons of people deal with this. And so if we can all just accept that, like, probably the person sitting next to you is also experiencing something similar or oh, having sure. thoughts like you. And it's that it's not weird. It's not odd. To there's be a going stigma. Through. There's still, there's a stigma for sure yeah. for guys. Oh yeah. Like guys uh-huh. don't like, like I, I got, I got no problem talking about my feelings. Like yeah. I say that until you start asking me, asking me your, 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 ther- your therapist questions. <laughs> yep. I ain't dealing with it. Yep. No, there's, there's a stigma for sure. And I, th- yep. I, I don't think people talk about it enough. Like 
me and my let's say my, I got two best friends back in St. Louis. Like, we'll talk about stuff, but I don't think that we've gone down like the in the sober mind at least like how you really feel. Yeah. And I, and I not that that's a bad thing because, but I, I I think it needs to happen more often for sure. And like. Like you said, sitting at the waiting room, if, if it's just one dude and I'm looking at seven other girls that are in there, women that are in there, I'm like, man, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, why am I in here? Yeah. Like, why am I wanting to be the only yeah. person in here? And I think that there needs to be no stigma on it because I think, I want to say, I don't know, I don't want to say all women are crazy, but there's probably more f- f- fucked up guys than there is women, honestly. But It's probably equal, and I don't think it has to be that people are, you know, fucked up. It could just be they're going through stressors and not handling it well or... Um, but I think there's a lot of resistance too, right, to getting help. Um, because once you open Pandora's box, it's hard to close it. You don't oh, get to yeah. go back. So once you start working on yourself and start having to admit, like, this isn't working, it's harder to go back to it because now you know it's not working. <laughs> and so now you're uncomfortable and then the change needs to happen. So I have a lot of people, like, start the process and they're like, can I just go back to what I was doing? <laughs> well, <laughs> nope, because it's not going to work for you because you know it didn't work. Yeah, bottle's open uh-huh. on this one. Got to yep. pour it out. Yep, and so it is. It's hard. Like, So a lot of people just will resist even opening the door that they need to do work or admitting that they need to do work on it or that life could be different because once they start, it can be hard when you first start going through it. But So people try to find their ways around it. That's where like alcohol and drugs come in or different things like I'm going to go this way, do this maladaptive coping skill to try and get around what I need to go through. And said, if we just go through it, it might suck going through it to like talk about the things and dig a little bit. But then you get to the other side and it's a lot more peaceful on the other side. Hopefully. Usually is. But how do you get like, what's, I know everyone's different, but some people you just like, aren't going to like, I'm not going to go to, there's certain people I'm not going to go to, but hey man. Actually, I, don't, I could give a fuck. I'll tell anybody anything, honestly. <laughs> but there's some people that won't tell another person, like, hey, like, we're trusted friends. You should go see someone else. Like, that's a – I've seen that way too much. I don't want to say I've seen it because nothing's happening, yeah. and that's the problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think – some. I think it's if somebody's in therapy and they know what the experience is like and that it's not weird and it's actually kind of fun or they like it or they really get something from it and it challenges their thinking and it's not that much work um, – then they're more inclined to tell their people to go. But if they've never experienced it, I think that's where the stigma comes from. Even suggesting it to your friend, there's like, if I've never done it, then it's like this weird, like, well, I think it's only for like really crazy, quote unquote, people, or it's only really like, like, what is, like, so it's this weird, like a lot of people won't suggest it because what you don't know, you don't know. And so if people can just see that it's, I mean, all my clients are amazing. Like, they're all, a lot of them, I would be their friend outside of therapy, I think. Sure. Because um, they're just, normal people like you and I and again I'm saying I'm normal (laughs) Um, but it's we're all just we're all the same in so many ways and that um, yeah you I don't know for me it's enjoyable to talk to them and so I just think that yeah there's so many people that you don't have to be on you don't have to be on suicide watch you don't have to be on death your deathbed in some way you don't have to be having panic attacks to benefit from going to therapy it could just be like i'm going through something and it could just be short term and i need to deal with this issue or i need to challenge the way i'm thinking about something because i'm negative all the time or unhappy or i'm snapping at my wife or something i snap at my wife all the time but she has it coming so (laughs) we're not gonna even go there i'm just kidding (laughs) Especially since your wife's my friend. 
and she's a Sicilian from Boston too. And she's got a mean right hook, <laughs> and I know better. Not saying there's any domestic in this household, but if I ever went down to it, I'd be scared. Because I know you're not serious, I can laugh about this. Normally, I would take this very serious. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry, I should have put like definitely, <laughs> definitely kidding. kidding. Disclaimer. No, I'm I'm not kidding. No, I am. Yeah. First time we ever kissed. It's you. not a mandated reporting if you're an adult, so. It's not? Okay, no, Domestic good. violence is not. Oof, the old domestic. Yeah. Oof. Anyways, yeah. we're getting we're getting off all kinds of places. Oh, man. So, uh, good social network, preventive maintenance, hills, not pills, as Matt Geffert says. Ooh, I okay. like it. Yeah, hills, not pills. Shout out to Matt G. Yeah, good. Uh, stop eating too much food. Uh, or eat the right food and treat your body better. And the best way to eat the right food is listen to your body. Notice yeah, how you feel. For sure. Do you get shaky after you drink three cups of coffee? Cut back on a cup of coffee. Um, do you, yeah, do you feel run down and tired after eating a bunch of carbs? Cut down on your carbs. It's listen to your body and you'll get the right answers for what your body should be eating as well. Sure. And I think couple, couple that with work out really, really hard and then <laughs> eat what you think you should. And if your body fucking hates it afterwards, it's really going to know after it's like, it, it, it's calorie deficient and it needs to recoup yep. muscle. So if you got a problem, talk about it. If you don't know who to talk about, what's the place you told them to search at? Uh, psychology Today. Psychology Today. today. Mm-hmm. If you have no social network, you don't have any friends, or all your friends hate you, okay? <laughs> Go on there. No. You can find a therapist. Or if you just need to talk to someone. <laughs> or just hit me up. If you got my cell phone, you can always hit me up. Or you can find Angie. This is where we, we call this the plug. The plug is a, is a term used by younger folk. Oh, to, okay. Thank you like, for that. You got, for like, the plug. If you got, like, social media, you got a website, you know, how, to, how do they get a hold of you on the professional side of the house? Yes. So this is your plug right now. You can go to www.wholehealthcounselingllc.com. Wholehealthcounseling.com. No, LLC.com. L- oh, I, mean, I fucked it up. So That's okay. Try again. Wholehealthcounselingllc.com. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's where they can find you. Yep. For the professional side of the house. Yes. And However, I'm completely full right now with clients, so I can help refer you to somebody else as well. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sure you got your go-to people you refer them to. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, Angie. Okay. Thanks for talking about all things mental health. <laughs> Hope everyone enjoys this podcast. Uh, it's time to make some pizzas and drink some beer. Thanks. See ya. Love you. Bye. Bye.